Welcome to Casa Conversations. Uh, today we actually have a very special guest, Jay or JB or um, Starting Point Defense, if you know him from the gram. Super excited to have you on. I know you have a couple crazy stories you want to tell us, um, and we'll just go ahead and dive right into it, and then we'll we'll get through introductions. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me here, man. Um, really appreciate it. Um, so the first story is most people in a sense, kind of already know the uh, first story. It's kind of going to be like a, a recap. Um, it's the home invasion. So um, the home invasion happened when I was in living in Portsmouth, Virginia, particularly bad area in Portsmouth, Virginia, um, the, the Churchland area, as it's called. Um, it happened my second year when I was in the Army. I was getting off work, came home. I got out of my car, and I, 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 lo- I look around before I actually you know, walk away from my vehicle. So I got, got out of my car looked around, I saw four individuals. At the time, I did not know that they were all under um, 18. I didn't know it at all. I just like, uh, you know, you know what are these people doing here? Go home, do something with yourself, whatever. Because it was December and it was dark. It was getting dark early. It's just like five o'clock and the sun was like already gone. It's like the sky was just like that navy bluish color. Mm. Um, so I just, you know, went to my apartment, did what I usually do. Um, I actually was going to go to the range that day, so I went into my room, I unloaded all of my magazines, put in ballpoint ammo, and I was waiting on my friend that I was going to go to the range with to call me, and they never did. So I was just sitting on my bed, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should just lay down in a few seconds, I'll be all right. So I laid, you know, went out, went out to the uh, front room, turned the lights off. Um, it was, like I say, it was December, so we had a small Christmas tree, my roommate's Christmas tree, and it was like a small little like one of those minutes, four feet Christmas tree. Um, I turned that off as well. So all the lights were off at this point in time. So I went back to my room and I think like 15, 20 minutes went by and I like, I'm a light sleeper. So any source, any source of light, I get, it disturbs me. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? So I woke up and I'm like, did I turn the lights off? I'm thinking to myself, I, I know I turned the lights off. So I was just like, did I turn the lights off? And I set up and I was like, well, Hopefully, like, hopefully it's my roommate. So I get up and I was like, hey, Jose, are you there? No reply, nothing. I was like, Jose, is that you? After that, I heard, oh, yeah, all right. I'm like, oh, that's not Jose. So I go into my pillow, um, pull out my pistol. Um, the bathroom is, a, there's a bathroom directly by my room. So I come wait, up. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you real quick. You said you, you went under your pillow to pull out a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep going. I, look, keep going. I, I keep I kept that piss that particular pistol under the pillow, but hey, so, do your thing, man. Just bro. be safe. <laughs> no, no, it, it was it was it wasn't um there was no there was no round chamber. So it wasn't okay. It wasn't like it wasn't hot, it wasn't ready to go. In fact, I okay. usually when I put uh, put a pistol under my pillow, I um the slide is back. So that way if I do hear something I just grab grab under the pillow, pull it out, let the slide go, and then you know go do what okay. I have to do. So it's so not gonna just I do its thing in your sleep. Yeah. So I pulled it from under my pillow, and then I let the slide go. And I was like, all right, so it's a bathroom, literally. So here's my room, and then there's a bathroom right next to it. So I was like, all right, let me just go in the bathroom. No one's there. And then I step out, and I see like one person. The, the door is wide open. Like 
it looked like someone just took the door off the hinges. At that point, like the door was not even there. The door was just wide open. And I was just like, wow. wow. Okay. Dude standing by the door had a knife in his hand. And I was just like, oh, they came with a knife. And after all that had happened, I was just like, wait, that's my knife. <laughs> you know, I was like, he could have oh, snap. knife. I'm like, all right, bet. So I step out to the far side of the wall. And I was, the first thing in my mind was, get down because i was a i was a military police in the army so i was like i come out like get down and they all stopped we all froze and i was just like wait that was dumb and i was like i was like get the, you know get the fuck out and then he looked at me and the dude with the knife made this gesture as if he was going to come towards me so i was just like all right this is too much time going by so he made the gesture and i was like bang everybody else ran in the process so the guy drops the knife runs out the guy that was the third guy, so it was like four, three, two, one. So I shot the fourth guy with the knife. He drops the knife, runs out. The third guy runs out right behind him. Second guy runs out right behind um, third guy. First guy is literally still holding on to the TV, and he turns. He still had your TV. He had the TV, and the, the what? The messed up part was this dude was like, he was the youngest one. He was the fourteen year old. Jeez, he was fourteen year old. Fourteen year old. He was the youngest. So he was a 14-year-old. He was about five feet even. He had his arm around the TV. He was just like, oh, he turns around and like he he steps towards me like he bucked, he bucked towards me. So I was like, wow, shot him. He runs off. And after he runs off, they dropped, you know, they of course they dropped everything. They heard the gunshots. They dropped everything. Everybody ran out. I ran after them, not to catch them or anything. I ran after them. I was like, all right, let me see which direction they're going. So I ran after them. They went, you know, once they exited the apartment, they went all the way to the right. So I was like, let me step back inside this apartment because if somebody sees me with this gun, they're going to think like that I actually went to try and kill them. So I was like, that's going to look bad on me. So mm-hmm. I went back inside the apartment, grabbed my cell phone, called the police. Um, I, was on the poli- I was on the phone with the police for like literally two to three minutes and I heard sirens. I was like, that was quick. And I'm thinking to myself, no way this could be them responding to my situation. Sure enough, as I was standing there, like half my body was inside the apartment. The other half was outside the door, um, outside the door frame. And I just see a, um, this officer come up with a with his beautiful rifle. <laughs> he comes up and he's like, do you live here? I was like, I'm on the phone with the police. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm actually on the phone with you people now. So he goes in, clears the apartment. His partner takes my phone, puts me in cuffs to detain me. And he's like, do you live here? And I was like, yes, I do. He's like, is anybody else living here? Like, I have a roommate. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to detain you, take you to the car, and all that stuff. He took me to the car, sat in the car for about an hour and a half while this whole thing was going on. So he, his partner puts me in the car, and the officer with the uh, rifle runs down the street looking for him. Didn't find him at that point in time. Didn't find him. Mm. So he comes back and begins the whole my whole evening after that situation so they're like oh, what happened who are you what's going on how many times did you shoot you know what kind of pistol this that and the fourth so i was just telling them everything you know just giving them word of mouth or whatnot verbal and then detectives show up and he starts you know taking my statement this and the fourth after 30 i think after 30 45 minutes they took me out of the cuffs because they figured out like all right this guy's no longer a threat he lives here he was just defending himself and you know his property so detectives come up and everything just like still like I'm still like figuring like this is random as hell. But at that point in time, so I asked the officer, I'm like, yo, how'd y'all get to here so quick? He's like, 
what do you mean? You know, like y'all got here in less than like three minutes. Like, oh, we responded to a a, a, bur a home, a home, uh, another home invasion. I was like, so I started putting two and two together. So I was just like, um, so how many people were there? He was like four. I was like, oh. And then I was like, all it just clicked. I was like, oh, so these four guys were when I when I when I pulled up into the parking lot, these four guys were casing places to rob. And I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, so they were just looking for stuff to steal. All right, got it. Jeez. And I, you know, me and the officer was going back and forth. And he was like, Do you know these? And I was like, No. I like the the um the youngest dude, like I told him, like, yeah, one of them looked really young. He was like, well, when we find him, they're probably going to be like teenagers. You know, I, he said it as a joke, you know, jokingly, but I was just like, no, nah, they legit look young as hell. So yeah. get done talking to the officer, go back, you know, go back to writing my statement and whatnot. <laughs> my roommate shows up and he's like, what in the actual fuck? And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can explain. He was like, did you kill anyone? I was like, no. The TV's messed up, but I can pay for that. You know, <laughs> the TV's messed up, but I can pay for that. He was like, what do you mean? Like, we'll talk about this after the cops leave. So I'm sitting there talking to my roommate and, you know, CSU comes up, the crime scene guy comes up um, and he goes in there and he was like, hey, is this your fire? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. He's like, how many times did you fire? I was like, I only shot twice. So like, all right, so I see the shell casing for both um, um, the round, I see the showcasing for both rounds that you fired. And I was like, yeah, I only found one round. I was just like, brother, I can't tell you. It was a small apartment, you know, bullets traveling at a certain speed. They go through things very quickly. So he was like, all right, well, I'll do another search again. And if I don't find it, I still have that one, that one bullet. And I was like, all right, do your thing. So he, he finishes up. He's like, all right, you know, we're going to take your firearm. We're going to get it back in like a month or so. It took three months. I was just like, yeah, I know you guys are gonna be like take forever. Took three months. So um CSU leaves. Um the officers, with the exception of like the two that detained me, everyone else left. And as I was finishing writing up my statement, the mother of the youngest one calls the officer. And I'm just like, they found them that quick. I was like, wow, damn, they found your guys working good quick tonight. You know, damn, y'all must have energy drinks or something. So they they found him like the whole time I was writing my statement, talking to CSU and my roommate, they found him and he was transported to the hospital. So the mother calls him and she's like, I heard the whole conversation. It's just like she's cussing him out on the phone, that mother this, and F him. And I'm just like, I'm looking at the officer like, what am I, what am I getting cussed out for? You know, what did I do? And then I was just like, um, did she say anything? Yeah. He was like, yeah, he heard it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did hear it. Like, you have anything to say to her? I was like, tell her she's lucky I let her son live. He was like, legally, I can't say that. I was like, okay. Um, well, see you in court. <laughs> so after the, after the officers God. left, me and my roommate, like, started playing, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, putting stuff together. So I was like, all right, bro. First of all, sorry about the TV. And sorry about the audio system. The second bullet was actually in the audio system. Like it went, it smashed into the face. Like after I shot the uh, the second guy who was holding onto the TV, it I went through him, went through um, a case of DVDs. Didn't really care about DVDs. Went through him, went through a case of DVDs, and then went through the audio system. He actually found it because he was about to go turn the TV on to see if it worked and turn that volume up. And he was like, the knob is, the knob came off. I was like, the knob came off. 
And then we, we sat there, looked at it. I was like, oh, the second bullet. And I was like the Lord of the Rings moment. I was like, oh, this is nice. So I was like, this is a souvenir. So I kept it. <laughs> I put it in a small little container. He's like, oh you're, not, he like you're not going to tell the cops? Like, uh, no, this is a trophy, sir. Let me have my moment. <laughs> so I'm like, this is, this is a trophy. So we started talking. And he was like, hey, did you did you recognize any of them? I was like, not really. I was like, but this dude has been sitting on the stairs like for the past couple of weeks when me, you know, when you left in the morning and he would be there sometimes when I came back and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what actually happened was after, after the court dates, all this stuff just like clicked in my head. And I was just like, wow. So the youngest guy, which was 14, that's the one that got shot. I didn't mean to shoot him in the nuts. I like, I'm not even joking. Like he actually got shot in the nuts. Like I, it wasn't one of those bang, gotcha, bitch. No, it was like, if I don't have these, if I don't have my glasses on, I, I naturally aim way low, you know, to make sure nothing gets hit. So I just found out he got shot in the nuts. And I was just like, Ey. so the, that guy, the youngest one, he was 14. He was actually my next door neighbor that had just moved in two weeks prior to this whole situation. What? Yes. Your next door neighbor thought it was okay to just, eh, let me just borrow wait, this like, TV real wait, quick. The plot thickens. So there was a guy that would always sit on the stairs morning and afternoon. So in the morning, my roommate, he was still in the Navy and he would leave like around um, 5.36 and he would just be sitting down the steps. We honestly both thought he was um, special in a sense. Like, oh, you know, hey, hey, man, what's going on? He would, you know, what's up? You know, nod, whatever. And come to find out that was um, my next door neighbor's boyfriend. So it was a boyfriend, a woman, and her son, the 14-year-old. So the boyfriend was watching us come and go, getting writing down times and everything, so he can tell the 14-year-old and his friends to come rob us. So that was that was the first part that, that clicked for us. So wow. like, yeah. I was like the whole town was like, wow, they were watching us the whole entire time. I was like, pretty bold. So second part was when I started going to court, like this happened. So the incident happened in December. The first court date was like mid-January. Yeah, mid-January. So I started going to court and we got to court. Um, second thing was like when we actually sat in court and I was, you know, talked to the judge, this, that, and the fourth, there was no male family members on the defendant's side. No male family members, not one. No uncles, brothers, wow. cousins, nothing. All women, just straight women. I walked in and everybody's mean mugging me. Like I just, you know, like I robbed them. And I come in, it's like, I'm like, what the hell did I do besides defend myself? So I'm in the, you know, I'm in the first court date was like a, a straight mess. It was just terrible. Mom's looking at me. The public defender, bless her heart, she tried, she tried it, but she failed miserably. So because I did, I left out like one detail in my statement, literally one detail. What was the detail? The detail was like she likes what kind of what kind of clothes um were the two guys that I shot wearing. I knew I knew what they were both wearing. I just left out the um pants color. I was like, he was wearing khakis. And she was like, Well, you didn't put that in your statement. I was like, ma'am, <laughs> your client clearly was there. He wouldn't be less one nut if he wasn't in my house. And I was like, I forgot to put that. My bad. And the cop looked at me, he was like, Dude, we got them dead to right. So what do they, you know, I, I get it. She has a job to do. 
so she's going asking questions and whatnot and and the judge is just sitting there he's just like i can see the look on his face like this is bullshit like this is just a waste of my time so she gets to this question and she's like how did you i'm sorry mr Brown, let me rephrase that what did you feel when you shot my clients i i legit leaned into the mic and i was just like i felt a little recoil from my pistol and the judge and the judge is like <clears throat> And the cops were sitting in there, it was like, Jesus Christ. And the CSU dude, the only black guy in the courtroom besides me, he was like, <laughs> and I looked at the judge and he was like, I'm like, okay, okay. And then she shut up and she sat back down. So after that, the officers came up, detective came up, uh, CSU came up, you know, we all testified and whatnot. And basically the judge, like, as he was talking to the four boys, these cats got rap sheets longer than convicted murderers. Like oh. burglary, grand larceny, like home invasions, petty theft. I was just like, bro, all they need is grand theft auto and they're good. They're they're straight career criminals. And one dude, like, he was um about to turn 18. And the judge, yeah. the judge was like, Are any of you in high school? And they was like, nah. So this is what you're gonna do. Yeah, all of you are gonna go back to high school, and who's the oldest? So it was two. One that was one just turned seventeen, and the seventeen year old that turned that, that just turned eighteen. He is like, you're gonna get a job, and you're gonna go to high school because if you don't, I'm gonna charge you as an adult, and I'm gonna make sure you get ten years, no less. And I was like, ooh, okay. Judge throwing that book. The um, second oldest one, he was like, you're gonna go back to high school, and you're gonna get a job as well. Same thing as the uh, other guy. The two younger ones, one was 16, then the youngest one was 14. He's like, you guys are going to go to high school and you're actually you're like, you're going to do so good in high school that I will hear no bad news about you. Because if you don't, I'll charge all four of you as adults. And they all looked like, uh, shit just got real. And then, you know, after that, we left. So as I'm walking out of the courtroom, me and the detectives, like, you know, we're like, all right, you know, shaking hands, like, all right, thank you, thank you, blah, 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 whatever. CSU do, like, hey, only brother in there, cool. So we all walking down the, um, the hallway of the courthouse and the mother comes up of the guy, the, the youngest one that I shot. And she is like, like just cussing me out. And I'm just sitting there like, and I like, like she stops and I lean into her. I was like, lucky I didn't kill his ass. And she, and she, and she like no. bags up. And the officer's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. like, let's not go that route. And I was like, all right, I'm out. So I walked, you know, walked out, got in my car, drove, and I was wait, wait, like, wait. "How, how, how, how long ago was this?" This was in 2013, December 9th, 2013. The whole incident okay, started so like at 5:35 p.m. Okay. Yeah, I remember that because that's literally my first time, like, actually shooting anything but a paper or steel target, and in self-defense. So I was like, the whole thing that blew my mind was not the fact that they broke in, that they tried to steal. The thing that really blew my mind was the fact that the oldest one had a knife in his hand. And it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't like straight up, you know, like the tip going this way. It was yeah. like he was about to stab someone, like Michael Myers. I was just like, he looks like he's done this wow. before. This is interesting to see someone because most people they get they grab a knife and it's like yeah I, I got you I'm, you know I'm gonna I'll go upward but he was like I'm gonna stab you I'm like hmm he looks like he's done this before very interesting 
But yeah. the, 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 the icing on the cake about this whole situation was it was in the news in Virginia, the news. But it wasn't reported as a home uh, home invasion, a robbery, a break-in. It was reported as a random shooting. And I'm like, what? Yes. So what happened was after- Get out of town. Are you serious? Yes. What happened was after I shot, shot the two guys, you know, all four ran out. I ran after them. I stopped just in front of the apartment. I was like, this is going to be, this is a bad look for me. Let me just step back. So I stepped back. And after I stepped back, uh, you know, called the police, did all that stuff. They ran so far down the block. They left a blood trail. Officers found them. They were banging on the neighbor's door like, help, help, we've been shot. The news crew, five minutes away, they heard this. And they were like, oh, let's go interview this, this neighbor. So they interviewed the neighbor. Like from here on down, that's all you saw. It was like from her chin to like her belly is all you saw. She didn't want her face, you know, in the news. Granted, understandable. So she's like, um, you know, yeah, yeah, they was banging on my door. There was a, they left blood trail and this and the fourth. And you know this is this is crazy. You know the news anchor in Portsmouth today, a random shooting happened. I was just like, that's not even random. So I called a news station. I was like, bro, that was not a random shooting. They broke into my apartment, and I had to do what I had to do. And the guy was like, I, sir, who is this? Can I get your name? Can I get your number? And I was like, I started thinking about what my um, squad leader said. He's like, don't talk to the reporters if anything happened. I was like, all right, never mind. Bye. It's like I hung up, <laughs> hung up the phone. And I was just like, all right, let me, let me, you know, after, you know, after police left and whatnot, I called my squad leader. So, hey, man, two dude, four dudes just broke in my apartment. I shot two of them. It was the longest pause I've ever heard from him. And he just bust out laughing. He's like, you what? Like, you shot somebody? <laughs> I was just like, how the hell is this yeah. funny to you? And he was like, wait, wait, wait. No, cats in the military are hilarious. I was like, I was like. <laughs> He was like, wait, 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 where did you shoot him at? I was like, one got shot in the in the lower abdomen. He was like, okay, okay. He was like, what about the other one? I was like, he got shot in the nuts. Man, he was he was laughing so hard, he started choking on the phone. I was like, Sarge, Sarge, you okay? You good? He was like, oh, I gotta tell, I gotta tell, um, I gotta tell first sergeant about this. I was like, oh, joy, first sergeant finds out. The next day, I go to work, and I'm, we're standing in formation and with that, all I heard was Specialist Brown post. I'm like, what the hell did I do? And uh, before before I like I I moved, got out of formation, I was like, I shouted out, like, which one? Because there's five Browns in my unit, like five of us. Like, which one? Like, Justin. I'm like, oh, hey, there I go. So I walk up and he was like, you know, we did the whole tension thing and he shook my hand and he put a coin in my hand. And then he was like about face. I turn around. I'm looking at the coin. I'm looking at the whole unit, and everybody just started clapping. It was like, "Give it up for the nut shooter!" And I was like, "Wow, I got a coin for shooting burglar nuts." I was like, "Wow." Then I got promoted sergeant. That was wow. <laughs> I can't make this up, man. You can't make this up. So like, so the night I called my squad leader. He said, if anything happens to us, we get in trouble, DUI, accident, you know, whatever. You know, we got to let a chain of command know. So I let my chain of command know. My squad leader, he calls um, our platoon sergeant. Platoon sergeant calls our um, platoon uh, platoon leader, which is an officer, usually a first or second lieutenant. Then he called the first sergeant. I was just like, they went all, like, they literally went up the whole chain within, like, an hour. And next thing you know, I would have worked next the next morning in formation, get a coin, get promoted to sergeant. And I was like, I need to shoot more people in here. Yeah, what's up? 
<laughs> and he, my first time yeah. to the side, he was like, yeah, that was some, and he was like, no pun intended, that was some ballsy shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty interesting situation. My parents were livid that night, like of livid. Like I called my dad. I it was like it was kind of like a jump a, a jumpy situation. I've never been in it before, so I called my dad. I was like, "Hey, dad, four dudes broke in. I just shot two of them." He was like, "Man, I've never heard my dad curse so much." My dad's from like old school Mississippi, you know. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know the the weirdest Southern sayings and whatnot. Oh yeah. And he's he's like he was going in, mother effer. effer. I was like, "Is this my? Did I call the wrong number? This is my dad." So, what, what was he mad about? So he was mad. Not at the fact that I shot them. He was mad at the fact that they broke in. No, it's just like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't like really control what other people do. But I acted, you know, accordingly. So he's like talking to me or whatnot. He was like, he like, let me ask you a question. I was like, all right, what what were they? I'm like, what do you mean? What were they? He was like, were they black, white, Latino? I was like, dad, you know. He was like, mother effers, I knew it. I was just like. Yeah, Dad. Unfortunately, that they were that. He was like, "All right, all right. Are you okay? Did you, you know? Did you get, you know, you heard you injured? Like, no, no, I'm fine. You know, just got through talking to police and whatnot." He's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go tell your mother." I was like, "Here, God, don't tell mom." Man, she get on the phone. I promise you, my mother never curses. Like, she did not curse even when I was a child, and I got my yeah. ass beat multiple times. She didn't curse. She was like a saint. Like I told your butt not to do it. I was like. Yeah, you know, he encouraged. Okay, cool, cool. She on the phone dropping f bombs and whatnot. I was like, "Damn, mom, mom is mad." I was like, "It's like they messing with my mother effing baby." I was like, "Damn, no." My dad in the background agging on, like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Come on, man. <laughs> like, Come on, stop." So he, uh, talking and whatnot. Yeah. She was like, "Hell hath no fury, like bro." A woman scorn, bro. I was like, "Bro," I was like. I'm, I'm mom, I'm okay. She's like, Did you, baby, did you shoot him? I'm like, Yes, I did. I'm like, okay, all right. As, as long as you okay. I was just like, Ooh, child. I've never seen that side of my parents before. But that was, that's wild. That was hilarious. Like, after that whole situation, like, everywhere I went, I was just like, Let me watch these people's hands, their body movements, everything. It was, just, it was like an eye opening situation. It was like, a, Yeah. What's that term? Uh, baptism by fire. You know, right. You know, most people are like, hi, I'm prepared. I can do this, this, and this. As Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan and you get punched in the face. You know, I had a plan to somebody broke in. I was like, all right, so if I'm out walking the street, someone, you know, does something, I can like, all right, freak. No, it don't happen like that. And then like after that whole thing, people people's number one question act like, why do you always carry a gun? And I was like, if I can't feel safe in my own residence, why should I be able to feel safe out in the world? And there's way more worse things out in the world than there is in my residence. So it's like now I carry everywhere. Like, like you carry walk when you're walking a dog? Absolutely. I don't know my neighbors like that. So if something happens, my dog ain't gonna bite him. She's a sweetheart. I'm gonna have to deal with it. She gonna run off and I gotta chase her. No. So it's just like, like being aware doesn't just stop outside. Um, doesn't I mean like you not you don't have to be situationally aware just outside. You also be have to be aware inside your own residence because somebody can come right. in and, and mess all that up. You know, yeah. Case in point. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I, tell, I completely you know, understand that. So I tell people all the time, it's like, don't just be, you know, once you step outside the house, don't just be like, you no, know, don't, no. 
be aware in your own house, you know, check your doors, check your windows, all that stuff. The way um when I found when I found out that the you know, how they got in, I was just like, damn, I didn't even check that. I didn't even think to check that. So they I was on the first floor and they used um a, a flathead screwdriver to jimmy up to jimmy um the way the screen and then they they like they smashed the screen um the screwdriver down to kind of like lift the window up and my roommate my roommate was really pissed about that because we were growing um we were growing chili peppers like along the uh along the window so he was like chili peppers. the the pot was broken dirt everywhere oh, smashed man. peppers and i was just like he's pissed if my roommate hadn't been there when those guys broke in, they would have been dead. No questions asked. This man has had multiple weapons, multiple swords, and he practices, you know, um, BJJ. And I was just like, Jeez. well, I'm glad that I got to him before you did. There would have been a murder scene or, you know, it would have been like blood everywhere. So I'm glad you were away. I did good. You made it just in time. I was like, you came to the party late, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was, so, I, yeah. Truth be told, I've never heard this story before. So this is my first time taking it. So if I seem like shocked or surprised, oh, no, no. Uh, I, it's my first time. Um, that said, I, I feel like there's there's some takeaways, and I, I wonder, other than the the one takeaway where you say like, hey, you know, I don't even know my own neighbors like that. I don't. Yeah. Like how how should I feel safe outside? Right. When clearly, you're not even safe in your home, whether that be from. Um, law enforcement hitting the wrong house or exactly. hitting a house for something, you know, that stuff has happened in the past to something as kind of routine as a home invasion, um, which is frustrating. And obviously you made it out and that's kind of the, the important thing. And I'm glad yeah. nobody um, died because they're teenagers and they have a chance to kind of figure it out. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, it, I, I work with kids. So when, when I hear kids getting yeah, shot, it's like, exactly oh, how man. It oh man, oh man. It, it I, I, I want them to do better, and it it sucks to hear like, "Hey, exactly. you had a rap sheet this long. Uh, I was, you look like me." I was shocked. Like it hurts, you know, when they was like, "Oh, they," you know, when once I heard, um, um, what do you call it? Once I heard larceny, once I heard uh, petty, like petty theft, larceny. I was just like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to the laws. But I know that y'all be in some really heavy, you know, really heavy stuff for your age, you know, for your age group. That's right, something right. I expect, like, you know, older criminals to do. But no, you guys are like 14 through 18 out here acting as if you're in your 30s and 40s. Right. Dropped out like, of school and everything. I was like, wow, this is this blew that whole thing blew my mind. I'm sitting in court. I'm like. Here I am thinking I got like, you know, career criminals breaking in just just to make a quick buck because so they can sell whatever they get kind of find out it's kids who haven't even finished high school and i was just like interesting this whole thing is just blowing my mind right now you feel like there's any other takeaways Absolutely. from this incident um, like besides being situationally aware in everywhere you go you know it's like right. don't like i'm not gonna say don't trust don't like not trust anyone but just like just have it in your mind that regardless of who you who that person is whether you know them, anything is possible like anything is possible i i didn't think my neighbors you know would try to rob me i didn't even think yeah. they would have part in it but here we you know here i mean that was neighbor. literally your next door neighbor yeah literally that's 
there's like there's so many old sayings about you know your neighbor and this that and the fourth i'll let you know my next door neighbor helped in casing my place this episode of costly conversations is brought to you by obsidiantraininggroup.com head over to the website obsidiantraininggroup.com use the code armed atlas at checkout get a discount off of the awesome gear that you need and of course support the show yeah, that's why I mean, like another takeaway is the, the, the legal portion of it. Um, so I didn't have legal representation. I went in there. I was like, I didn't do I, I would. I had this attitude where it's, I didn't do shit wrong. I don't need a lawyer because, you know, as the old saying goes, if you lawyer up, you're guilty. And I was just like, I don't need a lawyer. Granted, my unit was like, yo, you should you probably should have had legal representation. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. So I was like, what the fuck do I need a lawyer for? So I went in there without a lawyer. And basically, it was just me telling the story for six months, like each court date, like, you know, for six months. And I was just like, you said you had six separate court dates, six separate court dates from January, wow. June. And because wow. I think things- how it's always depicted is, oh, you go in, you might have the original date for just the, yeah. the hearing or the, uh, the, the plead. And then you have another one where you actually have to deal with it. But the last few conversations that I've had with people who have either committed a crime mm-hmm. or have kind of been on the, on the, the wrong end of a crime, yeah. which both, <laughs> both are in the, both are wrong, but, um, is this thing could drag out for years. Yes. It can drag out for months. You could have multiple trips. And of course, if you had a lawyer, you would have six months worth of lawyer. Yep. <laughs> and like, the thing is, it wasn't the fact that I didn't want to pay for it or it was the fact that like sure. I, didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. So I don't have I personally felt I didn't have a need for legal representation because sure. I didn't commit a crime. I just basically stopped the crime. Do you still feel that way now? Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't like at first I felt bad for when I found out that they were teenagers. But then I'm mm-hmm. like. I only felt bad for shooting one kid in the nuts. I was like, yeah, Yo, if, if your mom wants kids, you know, <laughs> my bad, you know, whatever. I didn't feel bad after I found out that one, the guy had just turned 18 and two, mm-hmm. like he, you know, he had been like, he had a violent upbringing. And the reason he had that knife that way is because he had been violent himself. So like had that, you know, if had that whole thing played out differently, he probably would have been dead from uh, you know, a shot to the chest, not to the lower abdomen. But I was just yeah. like, I didn't, after a while, I was like, oh, I don't feel bad. In the beginning, absolutely. I was like, damn, I just shot someone. I hope they don't die. I hope I don't get arrested for, you know, killing a person, this, that, and the fourth. And after after all, like after the second court date, I was just like, man, fuck those guys. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and my whole attitude. Yeah, I mean, after so many, after so many times of seeing them and having to explain the situation and right. fight 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 for I guess your freedom in, in right. a sense, because if something goes wrong in court, the judge could be like, mm, you did it. Right, exactly. I was yeah. just like, eh, I don't feel bad anymore. And, you know, after after the third court, after the, the second court day, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't feel bad. After the third court day, I was just like, yo, this is shit is just dragging on. I, we have them dead to rights. We have your fingerprints on the TV. We have, like, all the evidence. You know, we have your blood, your DNA that you left running from my apartment. We had, you know, it's just like, it was just a waste of time. Theor- you know, realistically, the court date should have been like three months, maybe, maybe. Mm. You know, from a legal perspective, like- What made it drag on? What made it drag on was the, um, the fa- like the family members, they wanted, like, they wanted the judge to try to punish me in some sort of way. But I'm like, you can't punish me because I'm the one who 
I'm I'm the victim. I'm the plaintiff. You, your your sons, nephews, whatever, are the ones who committed the crime. So we're still in court because you guys are pushing this issue further than what it should be. Like, Do you feel that family members, because um, obviously in this situation, oh, my baby was shot. You're a monster. How could you? You didn't yeah. have to shoot him. And we hear that kind of stuff a lot oh, from yeah. from both you know, self-defenders and even, I'm, I'm probably going to take a little bit of heat for, for saying this, from the police when police actually do their job and yeah. in, in a right sense when they're actually doing things to help the community and someone ends up getting hurt or right. um, roughed up or something like that. Um, a lot of us will rise up and say like, yo, you didn't have to do that. And sometimes yeah. they didn't have to. Yep, and sometimes. someone someone might even say, well, you didn't even have to shoot him because they were they were this many feet away. And, we, you know, a better lawyer could have probably tried to make it to seem like, oh, they weren't actually a threat. Yeah. You know, the kid with the TV, what was he going to do to you? In fact, I'm sure I could pin something on you faster than the other lawyer. Yeah. But but I mean, given the situation, obviously it is in your own home. You did what you had to do. I'm not coming at you. Right. Given the situation had had. um the oldest one not grab the knife. I would have held him at gunpoint and just called the cops. Right. It, it would have been that simple. I'm like, hey, get down because I will shoot you. This gun is loaded, and if you make a move, you probably won't see your mommy again. That's simple. But when he had a knife, I was just like, the game has changed. There's now another weapon in play, so I have yeah. to defend myself. <laughs> the like the, the, like the thing that got me was the fact that he had it pointed downward, like Michael Myers. I've never like if I've seen people would fight with knives, whether they be real or fake, and it's always you know like I'm gonna cut you, I'm gonna cut you. It's never like right. I'm I'm gonna kill you, like I'm legit gonna kill you. I've never seen anything like, like that. Except that force, that downward force. Yeah. yeah, I was just like two things within my mind: like this person has done this before, or he is prone to violence. And I was just like, something's not right. So let's just deal with this threat immediately. Like I you know. Did what I had, did what I did. He ran, the other one ran, other one ran. I don't know why. I still to this day just can't wrap my mind around it. But like, why would the youngest one of all the whole group take a step and and you know, like, why, why would you buck at someone who has a loaded gun pointed at you? Like that just blew my mind. And like he is literally within like within one second. He bucked and I was like, bang. And he ran, he ran off. And I was just like, what the fuck? And in, my, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I just shot two people. What the hell is going on? I was a little, little temporarily deaf because I was literally about like this close to the wall. So when I fired, that sound just bang off the wall, boom. And all I heard was in this ear the whole, the whole night. And the officers was talking to me. And I was just like, yo, can you just talk this way? Because I, I can't hear anything out of this ear. Can you talk in my good ear? Right. Like, like hey, young man, like, talk in the good ear. No, this is like, <laughs> so I was like, don't make me laugh. This is serious. <laughs> so I was like, the cop was like, it was wrong with you. I was like, you ever shot a 45 that close to a wall? He was like, oh, I was like, yeah. So, you know, the whole night, talk to officers. What kind of lunatic sleeps with a 45 under his pillow? Can you riddle me that, that man? Right. This is like, bruh. And he's like, wait, what kind of pistol did you have? I was like, it was a Springfield XD. He's like, what caliber? I'm like, 45. They look at each other like, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, man, 
do your thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So we didn't want no problems. Right. I was like, so after that whole thing, I was just like, wow. I was like, I literally have to carry everywhere now. And I said that to my roommate. I was like, I have to carry everywhere now. So uh, leading up to that, like, why did you, I guess, feel any sort of need to, where were you sleeping in the living room at the time? No, no, no. I was, I was like, we, it was a two bedroom apartment. We are, we had our own bathroom. You we were in our your own room. rooms. So everything okay. was like divided except for the kitchen and the living room. Um, I always been fascinated with like firearms and with that. My dad, um, growing up, like he, mm-hmm. like most black parents do, like, oh, guns are bad, you know, little guns. And it's like, bro, you know, it's a gun. It's going to do one, one, one of two things, either save a life or take a life. You can't get around that. And my dad was like, you know, guns, the only, the only certain people got guns is cooks and criminals. I mean, crook, crooks and criminals. Crooks and, crooks and criminals. criminals. I was just like, crooks. About to say cooks, what? Like, crooks and criminals, okay? I was like, Dad, what about the police? He was like, yeah, we don't mess with like you. Like I said. <laughs> crooks and criminals. I was like, so, Dad, what's the difference between a crook and a criminal? He was like, one get caught and the other don't. Very okay. Well. Very well. Okay. That's, I was like, there must be a Southern thing. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. If anyone's ever heard that, just drop it in the comments section or hop over right. to YouTube and Brooks drop it in the comments. Girls. Golly. And then I, one I get caught and the other one don't. <laughs> I, I've had friends who say only people, only two people that have guns are cops and criminals. And I was just like, hey, have you ever heard of crooks and criminals having guns? No, no. Okay, nothing. Never mind. Got it. So Jeez. I was like... When I when I got out of the um got out of the navy joined the army I was like nah I think I want a gun it's like I really didn't have a reason to I was like I just want to go shooting you know just to go to the range you know you know make it the ego thing and I was like no, I want a gun you know go to the range I know how to shoot this third and the fourth mm-hmm. so after I, you know about my literally about my first gun in 2012 it sat in the case until that very fateful night a year later so I was like. I told myself, like, I probably won't ever use this. I'll just go to the range, shoot it, put it back in the box. No big deal. December 9, 2013 comes around. I was just like, I'm going to carry everywhere now. So it like, like. Wait, so I thought you said you, you had it like on your person at the time when, when you heard something in your house. No, no. Like I grabbed it from under my pillow, let the slide go. Then I went out my room. I didn't like, I, I had unloaded all the hollow points with ball right. ammo because I was going to go to the range. So I didn't like, I didn't actually have it on me. I mean, it was in my, it was in the same like area that I was. It was under my pillow as I was sitting on my bed. I didn't actually have it, you know, on me. At the point in time, I didn't have any type of, you know, concealment. um, No. Yeah, I was, yeah. I I was actually wondering how it had gone through, like both the rounds had gone through. I mean, one of the rounds I I imagine it's going to go through. The first guy I shot, his, like he had his body at an angle. So he's Uh like, so here's the door frame. And he was just like two or three feet past the door frame into the apartment. So when I shot mm-hmm. him, it went through him, went through the wall, drywall, went through the drywall and went outside the courtyard. Right. So police found that very quickly. The yeah. um the youngest one, the 14 year old, the one I got shot in the nuts, when I shot him, it went through him, clipped the TV, and went through the audio system. So it went through him, yeah, you know, him, TV, audio system, but the faceplate. Sony makes some really great products. I just want to say that the faceplate stopped the bullet. Like literally, I was just like, "Wow, the Japanese make some great shit." Like really do. Like legit. Like it was a piece of plastic they got knocked off. The knob was knocked off, and I was just like, I pulled the plastic out the way, and I was just like, "Wow, wow." 
So I put it in a little, a little little container. I put some peroxide on it. You know, once you put peroxide on blood, it sizzles. And I was just like, hey, hey, Jose, look, look, check this out, check this out. So I put peroxide on it and it sizzled a little bit. I was like, ah, I was like, it's blood on it. And we just both cracked up laughing. I was just like, yeah, this is gonna be a souvenir. To this day, I still have that bullet in my, I think it's in the garage and like a, foul, a, um, a fouling cabinet or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna carry this every place I moved to. It was like a little trophy. And I was like, yep, this happened in 2009, 2013. I know, I know you said you were, you were active for a time. Did you ever deploy overseas or anything like that? Yeah, in the, um, in the Navy. All right, what part? Um, mm, in the Persian Gulf. Just leave it at that. Persian. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But like, that was, so that, the first deployment was more of a, uh, how can I put this? vacation sure so but yeah but yeah i did deploy um you know did seven eight nine a lot of months on each you know individual deployments and whatnot so but you know come back here and it's like it was safer over there than it was here and i was just like this is interesting very interesting i've heard people say that before and i was like nah nah get out of here you know get out of here with that and the home invasion happens i'm just like I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Well, well I'll be. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's take a quick moment because I know we're we're a few minutes in. Shoot, like quite a few minutes in. So let's go ahead and just take a quick moment. Tell people who you are, what you do, and uh, let's see if we have time for one more story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before um, we have to let you so, go. Um, I'm just Justin JB Brown J. So people who really know me, Sour Patch. It's my favorite candy. Um, uh, my full-time job, I work um, as an information system security officer. I work in IT. I've been doing it for like the past um, seven years. So it's, I'm pretty much a nerd behind, you know, behind a computer, behind a desk, but I pretty good what I do behind that computer. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been doing IT for like the past seven years. It's like I started at the lowest point, which is like help desk tech support. I just mm-hmm. went all the way up to, you know, information system security officer. It's kind of, in a sense, unheard of to go that fast to the position yeah. that I am because it's more so like older older men, you know, we're talking like 40s, mid 40s, going up into, you know, your, your 50s and whatnot. And here I am just at 33. And like my manager, he's in his, you know, he's in his, going, he's in his 50s, going to his 60s. And the other guy I worked with, he's in his 40s, going to his 50s. And I'm like literally the youngest person in the office. So moving on up. Yeah, like the Jeffersons, man, to the east side. <laughs> um, I started Starting Point Defense in August of um, 2020. What is Starting Point Defense? Starting Point, yeah, Starting Point Defense, my firearms instruction business. I started that in um, August of last year. I've always wanted, like, I've always wanted to teach people how to. The, the basic fundamentals of you know, how to use a pistol. Um, I don't teach anyone how to use a rifle because what I do with rifle, other people, I know, I may be ready or may not be ready. I don't want to like I stay in my lane. I just do. I just teach pistol, and that's pretty much it. Basic pistol, and for those residents of Virginia, um, concealed handgun permit. I do that as well. Um, I started this just. It wasn't like you know no shade to anyone, but it wasn't just, it's not just a money grab. It's not like, all right, let me teach people this, 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 and this, and let me get this money. No, it's like, all right, 
I see a lot of people buying firearms and I get scared when I go to the range seeing people, you know, hold the gun a certain way or just mag dump. And I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Let me go leave this range. I don't want to get shot today. I'm not in the mood. So I start, you know, in my mind, I was like, all right, so how can I teach people how to do this the right way? And, you know, it kind of just clicked. I'm not going to say it clicked overnight because I, I was actually doing that in the army as well, you know, teaching the younger soldiers how to, you know, shoot the military way this then the fourth but i was like all right so i can use that to translate over to this you know civilian people and teach them as well so i went to um a good a good friend of mine he a kill bay with taylor defense i went to him took his nra basic pistol instructor course and ever since then it was just, just you know just took off um i mostly do like private lessons because i i i I'm, I'm the type of person where I'll read the room, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people will sign up. Like, oh, how many people are going to be there? I'm like, um, six. So far, six people signed up. You know, you're you're the seventh person. Like, oh, um, well, can I get a private lesson? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, so I, I notice a lot of people don't like to be in classes mm-hmm. with, you know, other people because you don't know everyone's yeah. uh, level of proficiency. You know, this person right. that signed up might be a John Wick, but he's humble and modest. This person that signed up doesn't even know what a bullet is. So it's like there's yeah. different levels of proficiency through, you know, every person that signs up. So I've had like in the past months, just nothing but private lessons. And it's more so women than it is men. You know, men have, we got a little ego. I'm not gonna lie, I got a little ego. Oh, I know how to shoot. All right, let's put this target at seven yards, see what you can do. Woo! God forbid we push it out to 15, right? Yeah, right? I was like, the lie detector test determined that was a lie. That too was a lie. Right, like, your target, buddy. No. But like, Swiss. I, I personally prefer private lessons because that means I can give more attention and I can, you know, we can fix any issue they're having right then and there. It's not like, all right, come back for another class. I mean, they, they do come back, but it's like, right then and there, you're getting all the attention you need. And I'm not right, rushing, yeah. like, hurry up, hurry up, faster, faster. No, they're taking their time. So it's like, all right, cool. So, I mean, I've been, you know, doing it for literally a year now. So it's it's just, it's fun. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm not one of those people who are like, all right, I'm doing this for the money. Let me teach you, but give me your money. No, look, I'm going to help you shoot correct, you know, in the correct way. I'm not going to have you teacuping. I'm not going to have you doing the FBI thing. I was like, no, I'm going to show you how to do it the right, you know, not the, but all right way, you know. Right. Well, right, also, right. I want you to be comfortable as well. So I know I see a lot of people who are buying firearms and they're out here like, all right, um, what do I do? First off, you go to the range and you use it. <laughs> you know, it's like you bought it, use it. If you don't know how to use it, reach out to someone who can help you or give you proper instruction. Right. I mean, it's. It's just something I've wanted to do for a while. I kept putting it off, putting it off. And I was just like, you know what? Akil was like, hey, man, I have a minority um, instructor class. I was like, all right, well, I guess this is my cue. Let's go ahead and do it. You know? Yeah, I still need to get with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool cat. And I was like, all right, let me go ahead and do this. Yeah, from um, everything I've seen, I like him. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you're giving out classes i think you you kind of started at a, a great time yeah 
kind of kind of a conveniently great time in the sense that you are destined to get some business. Um, but I think you brought up a really interesting point, not to rag on anybody, that a lot of folks did see um, last year and even this year as a good opportunity yeah. to make some money versus a good opportunity to do something that you're passionate about, whether that be the firearms thing or somebody even like uh, Danny from uh, Defense of Unicorns, who she's maybe not... E- as interested in the firearm as it is empowering women to yeah, you know, right, right, right. execute their um, their safety. Um, so, I mean, wh- whichever way, as long as you're passionate about something other than exactly. passionate about making money. <laughs> like, I mean, I personally, like like I said, I'm not throwing shade at anyone, but this, sure. is, this is not the industry for money, for a quick buck. It's not the industry for money. It's really not. This like is not, not Herbalife. This is not a waste trainer. This is not, um, you know... This is not a quick buck because I, I I've told people before like you are either an asset or your liability. You're an asset if you can teach um, effectively, demonstrate effectively, and get your point across effectively. You're a liability if you just I let me tell you how to do this after I get your money. And like if you're just here for the money, is like no, just go go find another job or go find you know another hustle, sell some stuff on offer up, you know, sell plasma, but don't just jump into the you know the, the 2a in um community thinking that you're going to get you know you know money overnight you know it, it doesn't work like that i've seen a lot of um i've seen a lot a lot of instructors or trainers and it's just like like oh i can do this i can do this and it's like bro you're all over the place first you got basic pistol now you're doing tactical pistol what 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 is your lane because Somebody's gonna call you out, and when they call you out, they're gonna expose you. So it's just like, look, I know. My, I think a lot of folks have been exposed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I'm. I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, you should have stayed in your lane, Ooh, buddy. You know, it's just like I, somebody asked me, like, oh, you know, what's your demographic? I like the new shooter, the one who's like highly uncomfortable. I like those people because like we can mold them to where they're comfortable, and once they get comfortable, they can go to that intermediate um class they can go to the advanced class and they can just you know just take off and go wherever but that's because i actually want to see people succeed i don't care about you know it's not about the money so i have a full-time yeah. job you know some days i'm like bro i don't feel like teaching nobody and i'm like oh wait i have three people this afternoon all right let me get myself together ah. <laughs> you know it's like it's like woosah you know but you know the passion is still there, but it's not driven by the money. It's driven by like. Will it always? What's it driven by? Like it's driven by the fact that I want to see actual people succeed in using right. firearms for good thing. You know, for the good. Do you know. feel like it'll always be a part-time gig, or do you feel like maybe one day you'll get out of IT and expand your school and teach everybody in Northern Virginia? Or... Honestly, I'll never get out of IT. Like that, I went to school. Mm. I. So I was in school for six, six, seven years, a couple of degrees from that. So I'm going to, I'm putting that to use. Definitely. I sure. have no intentions of leaving IT because I've, I've always told people like, there's three things that will never leave this earth. As long as we're alive, as long as we're humans, that's technology. Cause it, 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 it just upgrades every, every month, every week, every day, you know, my phone is going to be obsolete next year. You know, or not obviously, but it's going to be something else is going to come out next year. It's going to be old news. Yeah, Yeah, right. So technology, medical, and food. You know, we got to eat. 
you know, we got to make sure we're feeling well, we're feeling good. Just, like there's, those are three things that are not going to go anywhere. I just happen so happen to be, you know, in the technology field because I'm like, I like how things work. You know, I like to be sitting behind a computer and do stuff and it helps someone across the country, you know. You know, I still have people, I have co-workers in California. Hey, can you do this for me? I'm like, I right, do it. Got it. Thanks. Like, cool. I don't want to lunch. Leave me alone. You know, so yeah. it's, I, I'm, eventually it will get to the point where I will be doing more instructing than I am behind the computer. But for now, I will keep this, you know, I will keep my full-time job doing what I, doing what I do for the company that I work with. Yeah. I, I think, I think what I, what I think of like gun guys and there's quite a few and uh, so many who have come out of the woodwork and were literally born last year. Um, you're not really the prototypical gun guy. I would say like your profession yeah. um, or like stereotypical rather uh, the profession combined with your personality. Cause you're a little bit more upbeat than the, like the, the grim uh, sergeant yeah. or whoever. Uh, I try not to be that gun guy. I try not to be like, all right, this is how we do it. I'm macho. And I, I don't like, no, I don't need to be all that. I'm like, look, if you're if you're not comfortable, let me know. We can, I want to make sure you're comfortable because if you're not comfortable, it makes me feel weird, and then I don't want to feel. Yeah, I don't want to feel weird. Right. So, but I, I I see that all the time. But like, all right, you got to do it this way and this way, and I'm just like, they want someone to lock those arms out. Right. right. <laughs> you they see their arms. Like, to, you see their their shirt flexing. Right. It's like they want somebody to be calm. You know, be chill. I don't want I don't want major pain teaching me how to shoot. You know, killing is my business. And I'm like, bro, I'm just here to shoot, learn how to shoot, not kill or whatever, you know. So I'm not that, yeah. that typical. Um, I'm not like I'm not that typical two way guy. Actually, let me tell you, I'm not the typical black two way guy. I know there's a few sure. of them that are like, you know, they swole, they got the tightest shirts on and whatnot. It's right. like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay. I'll stay in my lane. You stay in your lane. I have nothing, you know, do your thing. I do mine. You do yours. It's that simple. Yeah. That's no disrespect to anybody. I just think it's interesting that, um, and one of the reasons why I really enjoy the show is that we really get to show off like all the unique individuals and personalities in two way. And it's like, Hey, listen, Jay, he's actually had to shoot somebody before. Fortunately, he didn't have to live with the consequences of taking a life. Right. But guess what? Like, he's got a nice upbeat personality. You would just talking to you, just I would have never thought, oh man, this guy's got into a real self defense situation. Yeah. He had to let a few rounds off. Like, like you know, it could have been life and death if it didn't go one exactly. way. Exactly. It's well, like most people meet me and they like they're talking to me. Like honestly, like when you like if people I'm meeting someone for the very first time, I'm sitting there like like the Kanye. I'm like. All right, let, me, let me gauge this person. Is this person a douchebag? Or they talk too much? Do I gotta shut, tell them to shut the hell up? You know. And then once I once I open up with people, I'm like, all right, okay, you're cool. You know, let's flow. So yeah. it depends on that person's like, sure. the personality, the vibe I get from them. If I'm sitting in a room full of people and everyone's quiet, I'm like, well, I'm gonna be quiet too. I'm not that person that's like, yo, what's up, everyone? Nope, not me. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to my boy um, Malcolm X from Choice Family Firearms, and he said he knows you. Yeah, and he said he stopped by. Um, 
couple of couple months ago. I'm a couple, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he said, yeah, uh, Jay is the same person on social media as he is in person. And I'm actually catching that vibe. I don't, I don't feel like you're you're putting out a face for everybody here. Like, I I I put in my story numerous times. Like, who would you be if social media did not exist? Mm-hmm. And everyone, somebody replied back, "Who would you be?" <laughs> The same motherfucker you see on my page. That's who I would be. Shoot, I mean, who who would you be if guns didn't exist? Exactly. It's like I don't need to fake the funk. I'm not out here trying to be Mr. Tactical. I'm not out here trying to be Mr. Swole. This and the fuck. No, I'm just me. You know, I do what I do, and that's it. You know, a lot of people feel that social media is like you know a, a, is a different thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. Behind a computer screen, you can be whoever you want. You know. That's cool, but when you got to step out in the real world, realize that it's the real world. You know, don't be yeah. out here thinking of funk and whatnot. You know, it's I've met like pretty much the majority of the people that we follow. I've met them in person. And it's just like, yo, Justin's a goofy man. Yeah, I am goofy. You know, um, uh, but it, in a way, it works. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't try to. He is who he is. <laughs> right. I don't try to like be something that I'm not. Like, um, I went to a. The light fighter chorus, um, you know, Akil from Taylor Defense and uh, yeah. uh, Caleb from um, TNS Solutions, he was out there. He's like, yo, you goofy. I was like, that's just me, you know. I'm going to find something he to said, laugh bingo. about. bingo. Right. I'm going to find something <laughs> to laugh about. Unless it's like a really serious situation. I ain't going to crack a joke, you know, but I'm going to find something to laugh about, regardless yeah. of what happened. I was still joking with officers even during the, after that home invasion. I was like, hey, man, hey, man, where I shoot him at? He's like, yo, you shot him in the nuts. I was like, bingo. <laughs> so I'm going to find something to laugh about. You know, <laughs> that's just me. So Can't help yourself. I, right. Um, do we do we have time for at least one more story? Because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you had a few more. So definitely have time for another story. Um, I can talk about this, like, you know, forever. I'm, you know, but so... Ever since I've been in Virginia, which is in 2000, I got to Virginia in 2008, February. I remember it was cold as hell. And I was pissed because I, my first command that I reported to in the Navy, it was two aircraft carriers next to each other. And it was so windy. Like, you can literally see snow spiraling in the air. And I was just like, I had my arm across my face and I was carrying my luggage. And I was like, oh, this is bullshit. Why did I join the Navy? So when I got to my boat, and I was like, all right, so I'm going to be in Virginia for, I'm talking to myself, I'm like, I want to be in Virginia for about four or five years. I'm done. Nope. Here we are, 2021, still in Virginia. It's cool. I have a good job. I, you know, my goal was when I got to Virginia, I'm going to move from Hampton Roads, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, all the way up to Northern Virginia. I've literally accomplished that in my own time, my own time frame. But the next story is, so same location, Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, It actually happened in late march early april it was kind of warm out kind of getting warm but literally the so the home invasion took place at an apartment complex about a mile and a half away from this gas station i go to so this incident happened at the gas station not far from the home invasion it's like the area's cursed area's cursed man i was like yo i don't believe voodoo and all that stuff or 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 like uh you know curses by uh this area is cursed as hell so I was um, pulling up to get gas one night, and when I pulled up to a gas station, I tried to find an outside pump that has, like, space 
a lot of space in between. So like, you know, you put up on that end pump and there's like a whole, a huge gap. Then there's other gas pumps that start. That's why I pulled up. So my car pulled up on the end of it. And I'm like, get in on my car. As I get on my car, I look around. There's no one to my right whatsoever. None. It's dead. I get to see traffic zooming by. So I look to my left and there's this, um, there's a woman, she's pumping gas. And there's another woman coming out of the gas station. There's a guy that pulls up in a truck. And I was like, yeah, quiet night. And then, like, off in the distance, this guy's, like, talking to himself, like, loud. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? I'm thinking, like, he's drunk, he's homeless, whatever, which he was. So he, he starts hassling people. And I was just like, oh, shit, here we go. So he starts hassling the woman that was by the gas pump. He's like, yeah, let me get some change. Just the floor. She's like, uh, no, she, no, she... No, he's like, oh dear, heavens no, get away from me. I was like, right. I was like, well, this is not gonna go good for her. So he leaves her alone. He smacks the car, he's like, ah, bitch. And I was just like, oh Lord, here you go. So he, he's about to walk up on the guy that just got out of the truck. The guy looked at him like, and he backed away. I was like, all right, by this time, like in be- halfway in between my car and the actual gas station door. So I go to the door, go inside, get my favorite candy, Sour Patch Kids, you know. Go to the register, pay for my gas and candy, stuff the candy in my back pocket. As I'm walking towards my car, another car pulls up. This woman hop, hops out, gets um, gas, you know, pays for her gas at the pump. The guy comes over, like, hey man, get some change. She was like, no nah, man, I ain't got no change. So he he looks at her like, you lying? I know you lying. He steps back and walks away. So he stumbles and he just he does this, and he looks up, and we made eye contact. I was like, fuck. I didn't even make eye contact. Damn it. So he makes eye contact. So at this point in time, I have the gas pump in my car, but I'm standing behind it. So my car is facing the gas station, but I'm standing at the quarter panel of the car, like at an angle. So I'm standing there and he he's like maybe seven, 12 feet away from my car, like the front end of my car. And he's like, hey man, you got change? I look at him, I'm like, sorry, homie, I ain't got no change on me. I don't carry cash for change. He's like, I know you're lying again. I was like, he comes over here and decides to hassle me and just get on me. I'm like, come on, bro. So we're going back. So what about the other lady? Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to say that in my mind. I was thinking, I was like, like LeBron, I'm like everybody else. So he's there just talking, you know, I, I'm at that point in time, I messed up. Cause I was like, all right, I tell myself, I gotta be aware, I gotta be this, that, and the fourth. So I'm just, he's sitting there just running his mouth and I'm pumping gas and I zoned out. And I'm just like, why is this dude still talking to me? I look up and he's within like, like if, so I'm at the rear quarter panel, he's at the front quarter panel. So we're looking at each other across the hood of the car at an angle. So I'm just like, if he wants to run around, he could have, could have, could have theoretically done that. So I'm like, I looked up kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, that was quick. So I was like, hey, bro, I ain't got no change for man. You can go ahead and you know go somewhere else. And I was like, this is going to be an interesting situation because he moved to the driver's side door, the driver door. And I was just like, I was done pumping gas. So he's like, he goes from like, it's something flipped in his mind. He goes from, hey, you got changed to, hey, motherfucker, give me change. I was like, well, now, this is an interesting situation. Let me just flip the switch on you, bro. Something flipped the switch. I guess he got tired of asking numerous people when I was just like, I was that unlucky person. So right. at this time, I had my pistol back from Forcement Police. So that was a good thing. And I actually bought a holster for it. It was inside the waistband. 
So I was just like, all right, I'm set. I'm good to go. If I have to blast this dude, I'm good. I didn't want to. So I'm sitting there. Me and him, I was like, look, bro, just chill out. I'm about to get in my car. I'm about to go home. So I, my mind thinking, like, I should get in the passenger side door, jump over, and just skirt off on his ass. If he breaks the window, I can just, you know, pop up. Or if I have to, just draw and like, hey, you know, go away. So we're going back and forth. And I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this is going on way longer than it should have. Like, dude, go away. You're homeless. You're drunk. Get some water from, you know, get a cup of free water at the gas station and just, go, you know, beat it. Go on somewhere. So he starts, like I said, somebody flipped the switch in his brain. He was like, hey, motherfucker, give me money. And he's standing forth. And I was like, bro. I, I literally said, I was like, sir, leave me alone. Normally, I'd be like, yo, you know, you know, going back and forth with him. Imagine, imagine his attitude. I was like, sir. At the point in time, it was just like, all right. I'm tired. I'm drained. I just want to eat this candy in my pocket. <laughs> I just want to go home. So I was like, sir, please just, just go away. So he starts inching around the car. And I was just like, oh, shit. The gas pump had already been up. I was actually in the process of like turning the um, the cap and closing the gas tank. So I'm like, I stopped for a second. I was like, sir, just leave me alone. Just go away. I'm like, if you're having a bad day, go somewhere else. So he starts moving around the car and I'm matching him. So he's like, he's moving and I'm like, all right. It's like, so we made one rotation around the car. And like he's like following you around the following car. Following around point. the car, talking shit the whole time. You know, mother effer, just, you know, just the whole time. And wow. As I'm going for the door, he like literally, I was just like. Whoa, I was like, hey, you, you coming up a little bit too fast, partner. So he he literally bolts around the car as I go for the door. And I was just like, all right, so I was like, all right, whoa, whoa. I was like, sir, calm down. I don't want to do this. I said I don't want to do this at least seven, eight times. So I was like, sir, I don't want to do this. Sir, leave me alone. Like, sir, I don't want to do this. I was like, I don't have any change for you, sir. If I did, I would give you a little bit, but I don't have any change. So after after I kept saying, sir, I don't want to do this, sir, you know, leave me alone. I'm trying to go home. It got to the point where, like, I, I have to assert, I have, like, I have to be assertive. I'm like, look, if you don't stop following me around my vehicle, I will shoot you and it will be self-defense. So he, again, a switch flipped in his head and he went from, you know, he went from 10 to freaking 50. And I was just like, what is wrong with this guy? Was he on drugs or something? Is he like hopped up on some type of drug or whatever? Is I know he's drunk. I could smell it off his, you know, off his body. Yeah. So he's just going back and forth, back and forth. And he stops and says, he's like, motherfucker, I can kill you. I was like, oh no. Oh no. This is not gonna go well. This is not gonna be a good night at all. It's just like it's about to be horrible night. Horrible night. And after yeah. he said that, we both paused. And I was just like, I still had the gun. I was just like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, can you take this man's life? Or will you just continue to walk around the car like fucking musical chairs? And I was just like, damn, like what is going on? Like first the home invasion, now this shit. I was like, what is going on? The whole time this is happening, no one says a thing. People are coming in, like the gas pumps. The guy, you you got you got a gun out, and people are just still coming and going, like no big deal. It's a movie. The guy in the truck, (laughs) the guy that got out of the pickup truck. I remember this. It was a Ford F two fifty. It was lifted. It was white and had black rim, black huge wheels on it or whatever. The guy 
is walking from the gas station with a huge soda, sort of, but a huge pop in his hand and a bag full of snacks. And he's, he's legit like this. He's like, and his, I was like, I'm like, I know you fucking lying, bro. You saw me, you see me with this pistol out and you just walk by drinking your Dr. Pib or whatever the hell you're drinking. So everyone's going about their business. Everyone leaves the gas station. The guy lit the truck leaves. Two more people that just got gas, they just dipped. I don't think they, they, they really didn't see me. I saw them because I was moving around the car. So the guy in the truck leaves and the gas station's a ghost town, except for the people inside. So I was just like, yo, this shit just got like, my heart literally sank. I was like, I'm probably gonna have to legit fight this guy, like hands on. But then at the same time, thing like I could, if I shoot him, it it could it could could or could not work in my favor. So, whoa, now I'm like walking around the car. At this time, I'm at my passenger door on the driver's side, and I'm like, he's like literally in front of me, at least ten feet. So he's going, and he says, and after he says, "Motherfucker, I kill you," I was like, "Bro, you don't want to do this. This is not a this is not the time or the place." To try to house with somebody just because they don't want to give you change. He is like, I don't give a damn. He's like, I don't get no change. I'm gonna take your ass. I was just like, again, like, sir, I don't want to do this. So he pulls out this rusty yet, this rusty shank knife thing. It looks like uh, it looked like um a knife that you would cut fruit with, like a paring knife. He pulls it out, it's rusty, it's 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 just it looked like something that if you get cut by, you'll get like infection and it would just be a bad tetanus right that's disgusting so he pulls it out and this time he you know he's one of those people that that pointed it upward like i'm gonna cut you so i was like i I had i kind of relaxed my grip when i was like you know at that that 10 10 12 feet marks i was like oh never mind let me just you know this is a firm grip now so he was like he's like look bro like we we can do this he says we can do this the easy way or the hard way and i'm just like what sir i have a gun you have a knife i'm thinking to myself like he's never heard of never bring a knife to a gun fight so he right. he did he did that and i ain't gonna lie kind of shook me i was like Whoa, what's going on here that's you know, i was i was like okay justin calm down calm down so he slowly starts to inch so 10 feet becomes eight feet and i was just like come on man like sir i do not want to shoot you I don't like. I just don't. I just I, like. I just do not want to shoot you. And he made that move forward, and I was like, "Bow, bow!" Literally, like center mass. If 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 like anybody would say like, that was a perfect shot group, it was just boom, boom, right then there. I was just like, "Wow!" So he, he after I shot him, he's like, <gasps> he you no, know, he leans forward, mm-hmm. still trying to come after me. I was just like. In my mind, do I like do I suck as a shot? Did I like did I miss? He's still coming after me with the knife. He collapsed. He collapsed like literally. So I'm at the back of the you know I'm, I'm at the trunk and I move around to the gap position where I was at when I was pumping gas, and he just dro- like dropped right there. And I was now pointed down. I was like, sir, just dude, like just stay down, <laughs> just stay down, please, for the both of us, stay down. He he he, you know he's. <sighs> doing all that, you know, being, I was like, sir, just relax, just relax. After I shot him, everybody's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, no. 
Oh, now you see a black geez. guy with a gun and, and after he shot somebody. Now you want to, you know, like, oh, uh-oh, what's going on? People inside, like, after I shot him, I looked up real quick and looked around. I see people in the gas station. This is scurrying about. And I was like, oh, I got your attention people, now. People make me sick. <laughs> I was just like, oh, hello. Wake up. Thank you. So Jeez. he's laying there and I start to see the blood come out. At first, it was a little, a little light red. I was like, he can, he, he'll live, he'll live. He get, he literally got the strength to get up and do that. And I was just like, all right, bow, one more time. Same, same exact place. So it was now it was not two to the chest, but it was three. After that, he was down for the count because as he was, so his legs were on the ground, but his body was laying like at this angle. So when I shot him, it went through like exploded off the ground and came back at him wow yeah so he was like he would be laid back down and then the like crimson red blood started coming out and he was just like hey like he, he dropped like he dropped that that rusty thing he had in his hand he dropped it and he went like at first he like he dropped it and he was like and then he, he took like at least six seven breaths and after that he was like done i threw up right then and there because i was just like whoa oh what the, I was like, what in the actual fuck just happened so i threw up right in the air and then someone came out I was like oh, oh my god what did you do what did you do? i was like i was like i and then i didn't even think about it i was like yo i was i i had the gun in my hand like call the fucking cops and she you know once i did like that she's like like call the fucking cops so cops come this time it took a little bit longer because one of them happened. They took a little bit longer. They got there like five, six minutes. And I unloaded the, uh, I, I took the magazine out, unloaded the pistol, put it on the trunk. I stepped away. And, you know, as people were coming in the gas station now, like it was out of nowhere, people were coming in the gas station. And it was like, what's going on? This guy's dead. Like huge puddle, puddle of blood. I was just like, I threw up. You know, got some water, threw it on my head and whatnot. Police come up and it was like, they just, you know, taped off, taped off the um, gas pumps and whatnot. They actually blocked the whole gas station so nobody could come in. And they're like, yo, so what happened? And the officer, he was like, as he's walking up to me, he was like, he looked at me, he was like, hmm, hmm. As if he knew, like he knew who it was. And I was, I looked at him, I've now wiped my face. I was like, I was like, who is that? He was like, he's been hassling people at every, you know, every gas station within like, you know, this this block, mile, whatever. And I was just like, oh, shit. So he's like, so what happened? So I was like, look, man, I'm out here pumping gas. I go to the gas station, come out pumping gas. He's hassling people. He comes up to me, he starts hassling me. He goes from hassling to threatening. He goes from threatening verbally to pull out, uh, you know, a, a weapon. I drew my pistol. I told him to stop more than 10 times. He didn't listen. He advanced. I shot him twice. He jumped back up. I shot him again. And that's all, that's all she wrote. And he was like, where's the pistol at? So I was like, it's on the car. Magazine's out. Pistol is unloaded. And he was like, all right. Other officer came up. She was talking to me. Um, I didn't get cuffed this time. This time I didn't get cuffed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I was happy. I didn't need handcuffs. So they go into the gas station, both of them. I was sitting there talking to a third guy, telling the whole story over again. So me and him are sitting there talking. They go into the gas station, look at the um, 
you know, the camera footage, the guy was like, why did you, the officer was like, why did you walk around the car so many times? You could have just, you know, he's like, I don't want to say this, but you could have just shot him right in there. I was just like, look, man, I didn't want to kill a dude. I didn't, I didn't want to go through that whole, you know, that whole ordeal. Yeah. You know, he was like, let me take that back. I didn't mean to say you you have killed him, but technically he was a threat, an imminent threat. So you could have dealt with that however you felt. And I was like, you're right. But I didn't feel like taking a life, you know, like I didn't get up like, hell yeah, who am I going to kill today? No, I was just like, yeah. look, I just want my candy and I want my car full of gas. That's it. And he was like, honestly, it's not much we can do here. Um, if we're going to take your pistol again, you already know how that goes. I was like, yeah, yeah. And you guys took it in my home invasion. I know it's going to take, you know, you're going to take it for like, what, another three months? He was like, with this one, it's clear cut and dry. We have the footage from the security camera. Um, we had one of the, the gas station attendants inside say what she saw. And I was like, look, man, just 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 take the pistol so I can go home. So he took the pistol. Um, I wrote down again what happened. Didn't have to go to court because you know he's deceased. Really much nothing that can be done at that point in time. Um, and from that point, I was just like, yo, I'm just go home. Like that was literally like one of the worst car rides of my life back to home. Cause I was just like, like I, like I honestly, I started crying. I threw up again. And then like, I just like, want, like I got outside of my car and I was crying. I threw up and I was just like, wow. Like I just, you know, took somebody's life. So I called my dad, then I had to call my mom and she was like, what happened? I was, I told her what happened. She was like, baby, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did what you had to do. And I was just like, yeah, man. It was just like, it was like the whole, like the whole situation. I was like, wow. Like, and like, I just kept planning back over and over. Like, like literally like, like the few weeks after that, I was like, just, I wouldn't say depressed, but I was just like, I caught myself off from, you know, everyone. I went to, you know, I went, yeah. you know, went to work and I was just like quiet. And I was like, you know, something, something's wrong. You know, something's wrong with, you know, Justin. He's not normally quiet. So slowly but surely, I, you know, I told, you know, told people what happened and whatnot. Like, wow. Like, damn, after the home invasion? I was like, yes, after the home invasion, this happened. And it was like, damn, you just can't get your break in Virginia. I was like, no, I cannot. Usually, you know, thought when I was going to get to Virginia, I thought I was going to deal with like racist white folks or just racism, period. No, 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 no. I had the home invasion, I had to, you know, defend myself at the gas station, you know, it's just like, what, you know, what is it? Like, what, what the hell? And I'm not, I'm not like one of those people that has like a, a, a like a, a evil vibe or a negative vibe around me. It's like, oh, he's easy to talk to. But then at the gas station, man, I was just like, this is a whole eye changer. Like literally. I was told, like, I was um, like, nah, I can't take someone's life. This is not in me. And then my dad said, you never know, they don't say that because you never know what your what position will be put in. And I was just like, yeah. damn, my dad's words came true real quick. I was just like, damn. It came, um, they came like with the ambulance, uh ambulance, the ambulance came, picked him up. Um, the gas station people came outside with a pressure washer to, you know, spray away the blood because it was 
the human body had a lot of blood in it, man. It, like, oh, I, was, yeah. I was just like, quartz and quartz. Wow. And like, I think the thing that really messed me up for like a month, you know, a couple of weeks to a month was the fact that, well, this time I actually had hollow points in the magazine. Yeah. So I had never seen anything. I've never seen a hollow point up until that point. I've never seen a hollow point expand. I've never seen a hollow point shot or, you know, an actual human being. I've seen it in ballistic mm-hmm. jail on, you know, videos and whatnot, but sure. actually seeing that, I was like, wow. Like my mind was just like, it couldn't comprehend at that point in time. I was just like, wow. And I like, I, like, I, Honestly, I still feel bad for you know doing what I did, but a lot of people say, "No, nah, fuck that guy. You know, he deserved it." I wouldn't necessarily say he deserved it. I would say that he needed some probably mental and psychological help. You know, yeah, he needed a lot of he help. Was, Unfortunately, he was, it didn't get to him soon enough. Yeah, he was homeless. Uh, you know, he's homeless. He smelled like alcohol. So, like, I'm like every person that dies has a story to tell. So I know that his story was one of like pain and misery because you're out here drunk, you're homeless, you're asking people for change. So something somewhere in your life went wrong to where you, where it led you to that moment. And like, I was like, honestly, at one point when I kept telling him, sir, I want to do this, I started to choke up. I was like, I don't want to cry in front of this guy because then he'll take it as a sign of weakness. And then I'll actually have to shoot him because he'll probably try to jump at me. So I was just like, sir, I don't want to shoot you. I don't, I just don't want, like, please, sir, just leave me alone so I can go home. You can go wherever it is you're going to go. And that's that. But, you know, once he made that, that jump, I was like, oh, he's like legit serious. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I'm thinking myself, like, come on, man, we got to end this, get out of the situation. I like, I'm not running away. Um, I'm not going to run away from my own vehicle, which I have the keys to, and it's got gas in it. So I'm not doing that. And I was just like, if he makes a move, I will have to shoot him. And like I said, he he moved he moved pretty quick with you know within that distance. He moved pretty quick, and as soon as he his body leaned forward, he took that first step. And I was just like, bang bang. And I was like, oh man. So I went and actually shot him, and you know, it went through. It was perfect. Well, it was perfect center mass, like it was just just through, and like. I still to this day don't know how he had the strength to get up and try to, you know, make another jump because it's like I don't know what he was on. Did did they ever give you like a toxicology report? I didn't give like me a that, toxicology or... report, but I, I I got in contact with the responding officers and he was on um PCP. Okay. So he was on PCP. Of course he was drunk because he smelled like alcohol. So he was on PCP. He was on um he was like he was on enough PCP to stay awake for like um 40, 40, 36, um, 36 to forty eight hours. He, that's a long time. He had he had a lot of drugs in his system, and like, and that's probably how he fought through yeah. this stuff, and probably why he felt comfortable aggressing on a man who is clearly armed. Exactly, like yeah. he like he didn't like at that point in time his his you know his whatever receptors were turned off, and right. he made you know he made that it wasn't a conscious decision because clearly he was not in the right state of mind, but he made that decision to jump forward or advance towards me. And I was just like, after that, I was like, wow. And one of the officers, you know, they were like, actually, they weren't like, you know, you know, what happened this and the fourth, the, you know, the female officer, she was like, hey, you gonna be all right? I was like, I think so. 
I, I think so. And she was like, you might want to, you know, whatever you, wherever you work at, you might want to take some time off. I was like, yeah, I probably will. And she was like, yeah, it ain't easy, man. It ain't easy. I was just like, no, I don't, I don't know anyone that gets up and say I'm ready to, you know, choose violence, literally, you know, but uh-huh. I was just like, my parents, after I, told him, after I finally got in contact with my dad, he was like, what is it about Virginia? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I got it. I, I, I don't know. I'm stationed here. I don't know what's going on. So it's just like, everywhere I go, when someone like figures, you know, finds out that they can't mess with other people, they choose me. And I'm just like, what it's because you have a kind face. Like, what the hell did I do? Like, I'm just here pumping gas, mm-hmm. living in my residence. Trying to get bread in the bread out. What am I doing? Ex- besides existing, what am I doing? Right. So, man. Um, man. It was a uh, oh, very interesting. Like, like honestly, like 2000, 2013 going to 2014 was interesting as hell. It's just like, all right, so use a firearm twice within within a six month period. And it wasn't just going to the range. It was actually shooting. Most people never use it once. Right. They actually shot people. And, you know, about the reasons were valid, but it's just like, yo, like, damn. Most people say like, I've never known anyone to shoot someone in a self-defense situation. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, mostly combat, you know, military, military or combat related, law enforcement related, um, whatever agency they work for. Usually that's what you hear. Never yeah. ever heard no most people I know like oh I've never heard of you know a, a ordinary citizen who has the right you know a concealed carry permit actually have to shoot someone now it's just like mm, sorry it, it it happened several times but I had so I was just like yeah I got to get away from this area so I eventually moved away from that area um, I moved to uh, Virginia Beach. Which was a little bit more, you know. I didn't, I didn't have any issues over there. That was good. So I was like, "This is a nice change of scenery. I don't have to pull a weapon on anyone. You know, I don't have to say back up, leave me alone." It was cool, you know. Then I made my way up to uh, um, Richmond, Virginia. Lived there, quietest, quiet, peaceful. Then I went to Fredericksburg, and again, oh, Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg. My sister. I used to live over there. Okay. Um, in that general area. <laughs> my sister. Well, I call her my sister. We um we like really good friends in the Navy. She was like, "Why are you moved to that old slave master town?" I was like, "Look, man, it's 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 the like the cost of living is cheap." And like I was like, I'm, I was like, "It is a slave town." Okay, you got that. I give you that. So. This episode of Costly Conversations is brought to you by Kevin Dixie and NoOtherChoice.com. Go ahead and check them out on the website because you got to be prepared for when there isn't no other choice. They have pistol and rifle classes and, of course, all sorts of swag on the website. Check them out. Tell them I sent you. Big supporters of the show. This, this story is like, it's short, it's quick. So one day, this was in 2018. No, I'm sorry, 2019, 2019. So one day I was going to Giant, a local grocery store, and mm-hmm. I was going to get some bread. That's why it's called the bread owl. Sorry. 
And I was going to get some bread because I was making um, homemade turkey burgers or hamburgers or whatever. So, you know, as you're going down the grocery aisle and the person's dead smack in the middle, so you try to, like, slide behind them or, excuse me, you know, like that. So this guy, tall black dude, was coming towards me, and I was like, I'll step back, I'll go, excuse me. He shoulder checks me, like, bam. It wasn't like one of those, oh, my bad. It was like one of those move motherfuckers. I was like, I paused for a second. I was like, and another situation happens. Uh, it's like, I, I, if, if this was a sitcom and I had an out-of-body experience, I was like, what's going to happen here, ladies and gentlemen? Let's find out. You know, it was like one of those situations. So I was like, all right. I was like, yeah, yo, dude, you got a problem with something? Again, some, some switch flipped in his head. He was like, fuck you mean? Get the fuck out the aisle. I was like, I said, excuse me. He, I was like, all right, man, go on about, I was like, go on about your business, man. He didn't like when I did that he was like, I ain't no bitch. I was like, you sure he's acting like one. So he was about six feet away. So he turned, you know, he turned his whole body around towards me. He runs up on me. We literally start wrestling in the bread aisle, like as it's just the rock and stone cold. Like we're going at it, like literally. Not gonna lie, he got some good body shots in. I was like, after a whole ordeal, I was like, ah, ah, very well, well played, you know. I'm like, well played, sir. So we're, so the body gets, shots though. <laughs> it was light. I was like, damn. So he gets me on the ground. I'm on my back. And in the army, the Thomas combatives. Basically, just basic. Honestly, it's just like the most basic form of fighting someone. And you, when you're in like a um on your back or even if you're on top. So he's like getting body shots in and whatnot. And I, I have my arm like this. Because you now his face is like, bam, right here. So I'm thinking like, all right, so if I move my elbow this way, in my mind, all this is running through my head. I'm like, I move this way and I move this arm. I can, you know, stop the body shots. And then I'm like, Justin, shut the fuck up. You have a knife and a pistol on you. What are you doing? So as I came back to it, I was like, all right. So I'm sitting there. I start hitting him in his side and he starts grabbing. He starts doing this. I was like, if he finds this pistol, there's going to be a problem. So he he may have felt it at that point. Was that? He 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 may have actually felt it. Oh, no, he didn't feel it when he was at that point. He was like like he, he like our both our elbows like our, both our arms are locked like this. So he's like okay. So y'all hadn't y'all hadn't collided like exactly. That. So he he's okay. doing like this and he stops and uh, we look at each other. I was just like, all right, now's the time to act. So I pull out a dagger and I jammed it. And his uh, upper thigh, I was like, bam. He he jumps off and he's, he grabs it and whatnot. He is like, oh. And then I was like, all right. I was like, whew, out of breath. <laughs> I was out of breath. I was like, all right, man. Stay the fuck down. So while this whole thing is transpiring, the lady in the, the bakery section, which is like literally at the end of the bread aisle, the lady in the bakery section calls 911. So two cops come, one one that's behind me and one that's behind the other guy. Like, hey, put the gun down. I was like, I look at the other cop. I was like, so I just dropped the magazine, let you know, racked it out, slid it. And I was just like, all right, man, I'm gonna roll over. He's like, all right, roll over. So I rolled over on my on my stomach by my hands like this on the ground. And then dude comes up. He was like, Brown? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. 
So come to find out, one of the arresting officers was uh, another sergeant from my unit. Oh, so I was like, okay. So I was like, bro. I was like, yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, who are you? He was like, it's Johnson. I rolled over. I was like, oh, hello, staff sergeant. <laughs> I was like, hello, staff sergeant. And he's like, what the fuck happened? I was like, um, me and homeboy got in a fight here. He shoulder checked me. Um, I asked him what his problem was. All this is happening as we're at gunpoint, too, by the way. I was like, he shoulder checked me. I asked him what his problem was. He got aggressive. He advanced towards me. We were wrestling the bread out. I stabbed him. He, um, as well, as he was filling on my waistband area, um, he felt my pistol. So I stabbed him, pushed him back, and I drew my pistol on him. And he was like, what in the actual fuck? He was like, get up slowly. I was like, all right. So he puts me in cuffs. I'm in the bread out on my knees, my hands behind my back. You know, the, the only thing that I can think of was like, do I want Hawaii, do I want Hawaiian rolls for dinner? That was like, I want these Hawaiian rolls. What? The whole time I'm like, I'm sitting there. Like, He's like, dang, dang, them is some good, good Hawaiian yeah, rolls. I was like, look, I hadn't even picked what I wanted, so I was just like, do I want these Hawaiian rolls or do I just want these wheat rolls? So. Um, the, my staff sergeant or former staff sergeant, he walks away, goes to check the security footage, and he's like, he comes back, and he uncuffs me. Dude with knife in him, you know the EM the um EMTs come, they put him on the uh the stretcher gurney whatever it's called, and as he's being rolled out, he is like, all right, so I saw the footage you're 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 good to go like i don't really need a statement from you you didn't fire any shots um you get your pistol and go so i was like all right um can, can i get my knife back he was like yeah you're gonna you're gonna be waiting on that for a while he was like do you want to press charges i was like he learned his lesson he learned his lesson i was like if i were to get stabbed in that area i would learn my lesson too very quickly my dad so i was just like he learned his lesson. He was like, dude, it literally said, like, what the fuck is it with you in Virginia? Like, most most Black folks just experience racism. You out here, you know, playing the Avengers, fighting everyone. I was just like, people won't leave me alone. I, I, like, I just came here to get bread. He was like, Hawaiian rolls are pretty good. And he walks away. I was like, so it was like, bro, like ever since I've been here in Virginia, I've had like those three incidents are like, everyone's like, how do you, like, how do you keep such a, you know, how do you keep your spirit so high? And I was just like, I just want to live. I don't get up in the morning, like, oh, I'm going to choose violence. No, I just want to live. It's that simple. It was very, like, it's legit simple. I don't get up wishing harm on anyone. You know, in fact, when I get up in the morning, I pray, I'm like, look, Lord, watch over everyone I know, family, friends, whoever, watch over everyone. I don't get up ready to do harm or evil or ill will to anyone. So I'm just like, but those three situations, though, just helps further enforce. Like, bro, you have to be mentally and physically prepared to deal with, like, anything in life, like, anything throughout your day. No one gets up like, oh, I might have to shoot someone, or oh, I might have to wrestle someone, or oh, someone might make it to my apartment. No one gets yeah. up thinking that. So you, 
if if anyone takes anything away from this um this costly conversation like you literally have to be mentally and physically ready yeah yeah i I would say that's a fantastic takeaway because you never know what's going to happen. Literally never know. Like Like, statistically, I think your life is an anomaly, but like there are so many defensive shootings a year. There are so many fist fights a year. So many people getting murdered by their spouse a year. And if you want to survive a lot of these situations and go on living, uh, you need to just kind of be alert. And I, I think the gas station store, we didn't really touch on too many things there, but I, I'd like to just touch on one thing. I think it's interesting how everybody had um, the bystander effect trigger. Literally, literally, you're standing there with a firearm out yeah. and another guy has a knife and he, he's hassling you. And I, that's a situation that if it's happening, people notice. Right. People I, notice that. I think, but everybody kind of like let it happen. I think you, besides the bystander effect, I think it was more of, a, oh, it's not me, so I got to worry about it. I, that's what most that's what it mostly was because the people that were there when before the guy started asking me you know like oh you know go away go away you know he comes over mm-hmm. me talking reckless and whatnot one person was there they they as they were getting in their car they looked over and like they literally they literally was like hmm? I'm like wow well I mean obviously it's not your problem deal with you know do something call the cops say something you know signal Batman I don't know so they they drive away. And, you know, as the whole situation is going on, two other people drive up, but they are standing right in front of the pump. Because I, as I'm moving around the car, I can only see the part of their arm. And I'm just like, they don't even know what's going on. They literally have no clue that it's a guy walking around the car with a pistol and another guy was about to pull out a knife. So I was just like, damn, nobody's paying any attention. The woman, yeah. or women, I should say, that were in the gas station, one of them was behind the counter cooking food or you know whatever snacks or whatever she was cooking or put in the oven or whatever there was a lady who was stock mm. stocking um what do you call it cigarettes and and dip so she was stocking that so her back was to me like if if you look into the gas station window her back was to me because i you know she was like do 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 close the case do it again and i was just like okay so no one's paying attention no one's no no one has any clue what's going on and right. this was at nighttime so and a lot of people aren't going to know like what to do even if they see exactly. and I, I something that kind of stands out to me is not only are people not going to come help you but you have to be prepared to help yourself exactly because i'm sure there, there's moments in your stories where uh the guy rushes you on the bread aisle and you could just stay dazed and stunned like oh this guy just knocked me over right or exactly i i see three guys four guys in my house it doesn't matter if you have a gun or not if you just kind of stare at them they could easily either continue to run off with your stuff, which is best case scenario, right. or um, charge you, beat you over the head with your TV, kidnap you. <laughs> like, God right. forbid, right? <laughs> like, um, like anything can happen if you just let it happen. Exactly. But you do have to take action every once in a while. I mean, like, out of all of those situations, there was always, like, a window of opportunity. You know, in the home invasion, like, mm-hmm. the guy with the knife. I was like, all right, so you have a knife, and if... I don't shoot you, or if I don't do anything, you're probably going to use that knife against me. So I'm going to take you out first. Yeah. So I took care of that. The guy at the gas station, I was like, all right, you're moving really fast around this car. So I have, like, we keep playing Ring Around the Rosie or Musical Chairs. At one point, I'm going to have to defend myself. Doing the bread out, I was like, I knew that he was going to start feeling like, you know, like, it, I, don't, I don't think it was like one of those, all right, let me frisk and search you. It was one of those, 
I, you know, saying, let me see if you get anything on you type of deals. And I was just like, at that moment, I was like, I was like, why is he searching me? Oh, right, back in it. Let's go. All right, you pull out this knife, All right. jab. All right, get back. I don't want to shoot you, and so on and so on. So I'm just like, like honestly, I was not in the in 2018, so three years ago. And my, I literally just got in my 30s. So I'm just like, been out the military since 2017, so a year, you know. And I'm like, all right, so nothing. Greatest physical shape, but still, you know, the, the old dog still got a little trick, you know, a little spunk in him. So I'm like, right. well, you know, let me. I did what I did and bred out whatnot. So I was just like, I started thinking. I was like, I really do have to like my physical fitness has to be better. Like, there's no way I should be winded just from rushing the, the person in a freaking bred out. You know, well, part of that's adrenaline. You yeah, know, I'm like. After. Just wrestling, it takes a lot out of you. I know you started doing a uh, self defense like Muay Thai. Yeah, I, I started doing Muay Thai. Let's see, what are we in August? I started doing Muay Thai in. It's been it's been like about six months now. So like I can you feel like it's helped difference you? in how I used to feel last year around this time versus now. Like I have more energy. Um, I move a lot faster. Like I'm building more um, muscle mass. I'm not just like having a dad vibe without being an actual dad. So I'm like, Shame. I'm like stolen valor. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, huh. Oh, oh, look at the trap is there. You know, I'm like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> I was I looked in the I was in the mirror, I was like, brushing my teeth, I was like, huh. Huh, <laughs> <Jabroni. laughs> So I was just like, I'm like, yeah, it's you no, know, but like I put in I put in my story several times, like just because you have a gun. I know that doesn't mean shit nowadays. It really doesn't. You know, I've seen people disarmed. You know, they, they pull out a pistol, like, oh, I'm going to shoot you. Right, they get into a wrestling match or they get into a fight. And then, where's your gun? Mm, didn't keep it on you, buddy. So, like, yeah, they, there's actually a, a pastor at one of the churches nearby, um, nearby is affiliated with the church I go to. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, somebody had escaped something and, um, the pastor confronted him. The church was basically empty. Yeah, yeah. And the the guy took his gun and killed him. Wow. Yeah. See? So, I mean, guns don't mean much if you're not prepared to use it or if your window closes or if you're just unlucky. Um, it, yeah. If your turn never comes. Because, you know, in certain self-defense situations, um I think you were fortunate in the sense that, yeah, trouble came and found you. However, your your reaction time was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of folks, the the jump gets, that you know, they they get jumped, and there's really yeah. nothing they could do about it. So it's like some people have unfortunate situations, and then there's me. It's just like, you know, what in the actual fuck is going on? Just insert it right. into, into the storyline. Like, all right, this That's per, this person reacted pretty good to that situation. This person not so good. Oh, here's Justin. Bloop. Let's uh let's throw a bread owl at him. Damn. So it was like, and then like in all those situations, I was like, yeah, I really need to be like on my P's and Q's, not just like physically, but mentally as well. Because it's like people have had that bystander effect. They get tunnel vision. They just daze out, and it's just like. Oh, I'm being carjacked. Wow, let me get back to reality. Yeah, you shouldn't be, 
your head should not be but it's like it's we're humans some of that stuff happens it, it can happen and most likely it's gonna happen mm-hmm. so like I, when i was in the bread aisle i zoned out not even gonna lie i zoned out for like two or three seconds and i was just like whoa back to this fight you know i was like jeez took a took a quick break i was like all right ladies and gentlemen commercial break and i was like all right let me get back and at that point i was like all right this guy is a threat but once he started you know going at the waistband he, he become a, he became an imminent threat real quick because i was like once he gets his pistol i don't know what's gonna happen he could just be, right you know he could just pull it out and be like all right i got choice oh, like my own gun damn disarmed or it could be like all right i'm gonna kill you and you know, at the end, after that, we don't have we don't have the luxury of finding out. Right, that thank you. At the whole mm-hmm. that whole thing, after that whole thing was over with, dude was having a bad day because his wife sent him to the bread aisle. Huh. So he got mad. You never know what kind of day someone's having. He got mad because he just got home from work. He wanted to relax, and his wife was like, "Go and get some bread." And he meets me in the bread aisle. And I was just like, bruh. So you mean to tell me your wife almost got you killed? (laughs) I was like, come on. No, she did not. He got himself almost killed. True, true. But But it it is interesting just kind of going back to it. It's like you never know like your influence on somebody. As in, you know, your wife could think that she's just playing her role and making sure there's bread in the house. Go get some bread. All right. Bet. I want to relax, but I bet. Yeah, and it's like you have a choice in how you respond to everything. Oh, of course, people have people have a choice in how they how they interact with you. You actually probably you know just in retrospect, if you could play it all the thousands of ways, I'm sure you've thought about it. Like, man, I could have just brushed it off. I could have just said nothing. I could have I could have swung first. Like, there's a hundred oh, things yeah. you could have done. I mean, I thought I thought I thought about all of that honestly, and I got after mm-hmm. like after each all three of those incidents, I was just like. What could I have done differently? You know, it was just like you ever seen um, Sherlock Holmes, the one with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, where he, yeah, where he yeah, does something, he's like, and it, it's like, and it just all comes together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what could I have done differently? So I, I didn't think much about the home invasion. I was like, I right, chalk that up. That was pretty cut. That yeah. happened, but the gas station one and the bread aisle one, I was just like, what could I have done differently? Especially, you know, what you say. I know the gas station one got you. Yeah, it it honestly it like I it took me it took me a couple of months to stop thinking about it. Like it took me at least yeah. six, seven months to stop thinking about it. But then like every time I would go to a gas station, I would kind of have like this sense of like, Ugh, I don't feel right. And it's just like it's right. like, you know, when, when like, a little bit of PTSD in there. Yeah, I was just like, I, I go to the gas station, I'm just like, anything could happen here. There's way too many variables. A car could explode. Uh, a fire could start. Somebody could start shooting. Somebody could start, you know, the, the, a guy could be beating his wife, you know, whatever. So I was like, there's way too many variables at a gas station. That's why I like, I'll, I put out several videos or several posts like, hey, when you're at a gas station, stand to where you can see everything. Granted, you're not going to be be able to see what's, you, can, you, know, you don't have x-ray vision, so you can't see through the gas pump. But stand at an angle or a position to where you can see everything. So if you have to bail out quickly, you bail out. But I'm it's it just you know, it's like, damn, that happened. I'm like, yeah, it really did happen. And I saw a therapist or um yeah, saw a therapist. I talked to her for like maybe like month, month and a half. I talked to her like twice a week. And I was like, 
the first session, like honestly, the first session was like the hardest because she was like, so what's going on? Why are you, no, why not? She didn't say, why are you here? But she gave up that vibe, like, what's going on? Why are you here? What, what, what do you need to talk about? You know, what's going on in your life? And I was like, doc, it's, it's not about my life. It's about what's been happening. And she was like, is this about, I was like, I had a home invasion. And she was like, is this the one that happened in church land? I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, you were involved in that? I was like, that was the one who shot the, the home invader. She's like, wow. And then I, we slowly got to the gas station. And I, I was just started like crying, bawling like a little baby. And she was like, I don't, she's like, I can't even sit here and say how it is to take someone's life in that type of situation. I was just like, you have no clue. And I hope you don't have to, you know, know or find it out. But I was mm. like, it's just that, that, uh, that, yes, I took out of seven something billion people on this planet, I took one away. And then people joke about it like, oh, you got bodies on you. I was like, it's not like, it's, it's not funny. I know some people like look at it as a dark humor. It's not funny at all. But in a sense, it's like, I will do what I have to do to defend myself. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a victim. No, bro, not going to happen. Because there's yeah. too much going on in the world for me to like, oh, I don't feel like defending myself. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, well, this, this has been a crazy conversation. I would love to spend more time talking. Yeah. And if you guys, the the listeners, if you've made it this far, we're like two hours in at this point. Yeah. I'm sorry for taking so much of your time. Oh, no, it's, it's um, fine, man. I actually, you know, in, in, enjoy this conversation. I didn't have, I didn't have yeah. like flashbacks or anything well, the, That's years good. ago. So I'm like, I'm a more yeah. mature and evolved person now, especially when I look back on situations that happen you know if it, if it was a person who was like mentally immature i don't think they would have been able to handle it but now that i look at it and doing what i do i'm like it's life people yeah. there's two things about life for sure Violence. people are gonna you know yeah. people are gonna be born and people are gonna die someone come on or someone leaves it it's just it just happens so i'm not i'm not you know I, like I said, I really appreciate appreciate us having this costly conversation because I know there's a lot of people yeah. out there that have never, and I hope don't ever have to experience the, all the things I experience. You know, not they don't have to necessarily be in a bread aisle. We be anywhere, you know, gas station, post office, DMV, anywhere. You know, most people are like, "Wow, damn, Justin has actually been in the situation that we all train for." Yeah, because that's that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like we are training, training and training and talking about right. it and, you know, visualizing and all the different stuff. It's like, OK, so if I ever have to defend myself, exactly. what am I going to do? And Justin's actually had to do it like um, the thing is, multiple times. The thing is, I wasn't even know I was on a scale of one to ten of being trained or being uh, cognizant of what to do with the firearm. I was at least like a two or three. As opposed wow. to now, where it's like, all right, de-escalate, walk away. If they have a weapon, you know, do what you have to do. But back then, I was just like, well, with the exception of the home invasion, the gas station, I de-escalated. I did my best to de-escalate. Mm -hmm. The bread out. I just wasn't going to. Not so much. But hey, he learned his lesson. Hey, hey. 
So I think we all learned a lesson from that. that is, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, this is very true. But yeah, it's been a very um, it's been a great conversation to uh, talk with you. It, it's definitely definitely. I like I said, I appreciate you having me. Um, I'm thankful that you, you you could come on. I know you were eager to come on and tell your story. Um, I'm really glad we had a chance to 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 talk about these things. A little bit of a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we do want to know how to kind of get a hold of you if we want to reach yeah, out, yeah, if yeah. we want to take classes, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, how can people find you, bro? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, Starting Point Defense. Um, that's my business page. I have a personal uh, Instagram page as well. It's called Yo Yo. It's JB. And um, if you're on Facebook as well, it's Shy Town Brown. And underneath it, it'll be Justin JB Brown. So mm-hmm. that's you know I'm pretty much reachable throughout the day. You know, send me a message, uh, post comments, reply to the story, and I'll get back to you when I can. Definitely, definitely. So a little bit of housekeeping on this side. Um, if you guys want to see more from JB, if you guys want to hear follow-up conversations, if you want him to come back on the show and tell a little bit more of his story or answer some questions that you guys have about like why he didn't do this or how he feels about that right. or what he thinks about these things, just go ahead and comment down below. Um, I'll try to forward some of those questions if you don't see them. And let's maybe see about having him back on. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, it doesn't hey, take two hours. I, I hope I hope so. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> hope so, man. That would I would know that would be, that would be really good. good. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be fantastic. Also, if you guys are looking for any uh training gear or self defense items or any belts, you can go ahead and go over to obsidiantraininggroup.com, use the code armed atlas, get a little bit of a discount, tell them I sent you. It helps out the show a lot. Also, please like the video and subscribe or, or dislike the video. If you hate it, just hit the dislike button. In fact, if you hate it, hit the like button, <laughs> whatever you want to do. I don't care. I don't care. I think, I think um, they'll like it. They'll like it. I hope so. I, I hope so. Cause you're, you're a fun guy. And, uh, uh, I think I think uh, people would definitely appreciate what you had to say, bro. Bro, thank you so much. Y'all have been listening to Costa Conversations, and we'll see you on the next one. Keep it Costa, bro. All right. Take it easy. <laughs>